The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. You must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Minicomp Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts hears Go Pack Go and takes off. That's Lenny. I'm Minicomps. I'm the leader of our pack. Lenny thinks he's the leader of our pack. Dominique, you might be the leader of this pack. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> I was wondering what Lenny's pack consisted of, but it's just humans and Lenny. He doesn't well, have like a dog crew. If he's at the dog boarding, he has a dog crew. And I do think oh, he okay. actually... Well, I think he's a leader because when I pick him up, they tell me he is. But I wonder if they tell every dog's owner that because nobody wants to hear, oh, yeah, your dog was a real beta today, as usual. He just kind of fell in line, let some other dogs hump him. Uh, Dominique Foxworth, host of the Dominique Foxworth Show. You can find him on Debatable all over, including this show on Tuesdays. Uh, we're going to jump into Monday Night Football, but I actually want to ask you a question first that we were discussing uh, before you arrived, which is, who is your favorite fan base? Not the best not the loud or whatever because mine is i've been vocal about this before i think the falcons have the best fans in football oh wow well i need an explanation for that just because they stick through them despite the fact that the falcons be falconing that and i think they're so funny they're yeah kind of nihilistic in a way that i really enjoy even when they're they were winning earlier you know there's the worst yeah. fan base is the ones that are delusional and like think they're good yeah. when they're not. I think they got a good core. The fa- Falcons see crystal clear <laughs> they are. They're fans. I love them. I, I think so. Like funny is big. I, uh, as yeah. much hate as we get online and stuff and you much more than me, obviously, but I appreciate when people are funny with it. Like you said, you suck. You are wrong. Say sorry for the way that you doubted. Like that was such a waste of my time. It was so boring. Like come with something that's creative. Yeah. So is there a fan base? Like I feel like I'm not just like pandering, but I feel like the Seahawks fan base, or maybe it's just because, just because I follow you and there's a lot of people in media that I follow that I'm like, yeah, that's good Seahawks takes. Is there a fan base that's like funny and fun and like gets the point? Um, I do think CX fans, at least on the internet, are pretty educated about, not to say other fan bases aren't, but they, like, there's definitely a lot of pretty good analysis, uh, floating around. Um, but, yeah, sorry. It feels, no, it feels like Giants fans this year for the first time ever. I'm enjoying them this year. Are yeah, yeah, because they're yeah. it's like they're no they're acting like this is yeah they're acting like this is found money yes and that's how you should they get act it. yes exactly <laughs> yeah, so I think right. that's the sweet spot that like it like what we said about the Falcons um, a team that's like kind of positive maybe because they're having a good time a fan base but that they're not delusional so Giants love fans. the Chargers fan base all four of them they're <laughs> outstanding oh one of them is actually listening in on this show all right. Um, we're not talking about the Chargers this week. We are not talking about the Giants, at least this podcast. Uh, we are talking about some other teams, but first we are going to talk about Monday Night Football. The unbeaten Eagles go down. Question I first take was, is it better that they lost? Uh. Um, <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, I, I think you could actually make an argument that um, you don't want the undefeated thing to be like an obsession, but it's also week 10. Like they could still lose. And I think that was, maybe we'll start there, Dominique. That was kind of my big takeaway is, all right, this team is pretty fallible. Like I, they lost for there were a lot of fluky stuff happened. There were bad calls or no calls. I, the turnovers we can talk about, but there were also just long stretches of the game where they did not look like a dominant football team. And I think 
that was, you know, everybody's vulnerable this year, but I think the Eagles is probably the most vulnerable they've ever looked. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm alone in this. I walked away not losing any confidence in the Eagles, feeling even more confident in Jalen Hurts. It felt like you kind of breezed past the like the flukiness of <laughs> yeah of of some of those turnovers and the missed calls and yeah. the bad calls. Like all that stuff to me feels like this isn't college. Like no yeah. matter how good your team is, you're not going to look dominant all the way through the whole season. I thought they played well enough to win on Monday night. They didn't win because of some like random, random. fluky turnovers that weren't even like bad read interceptions. Yep. Jalen Hurts yep. threw a perfect pass to AJ Brown. He tipped it back up in air, got intercepted. Then he threw a perfect pass to to um uh Watkins. Watkins. Yeah. yeah, and he got up and tried to get a few extra yards and fumbled it, fumbled it, and then there was the Goddard face mask pull and fumble. It just felt like there was and all of that happened and they still if the Eagles would have gotten the ball back, you would have thought that Jalen Hurts was going to lead them to win. And there was a, a weird, uh, well, I guess not weird. It was the roughing the passer call that I thought was like very soft in a stupid way to end the game. Yeah, that was dumb. It kind of also detracted from the insane lack of a face mask, like which was the real crazy call. Like is the roughing the passer, it was weak, but you could see the case for it, whatever. Yeah. But the, the, the face messing was insane. Um, I think you're right. I also think though, like they had as many turnovers in this game. I think that they have given up all season. I saw somewhere or, and really it's a reminder that turnover luck is a thing, right? Like it was going to regress at some point. And if anything, the Eagles dom. I, I agree with that. I, you know, this was a fluky game and I still think the Eagles are a very good team, but also their dominance, you know, they did have some, a lot of things go their way in terms of scheduling, in terms of turnover luck. That's how you get to eight and no, you know, not that you're not a right. good team or whatever. I also think, um, the commanders are underrated and that was something that probably I, like they're not a trash team you know like I, I i would say especially like i i was really impressed i knew they had a good run defense which i thought right. might factor into this one but the pass the coverage was way better in this game than i've expected uh the safety who made the turn Derek Forrest is the name i yeah. think um two he he recovered yeah. a fumble and he got intercepted right he's yeah. been playing well for them cam curl's good this was like Kenneth Fuller's best game. He's not been good for them, to be honest. Um, and, and so it was kind of impressive that I thought the defense played fairly well, despite the fact that the pass rush wasn't as like, if you had told me, okay, the commanders pull off the upset, I would have said they probably sacked Jalen hurts a bunch. And really it wasn't the case. It was just pretty stout, fundamentally sound coverage uh, from beginning to end. I mean, obviously they got beat for a couple deep balls, but they're not, they're, they're like a decent defense right now. Yeah, I mean, they're decent. They're in the NFL. It's a lot of, like, there's very few teams that are just out and out trash. Like, it's professional football players. Uh, we can, when we get to the Wolves, maybe, maybe we land on a couple of those teams, but they, uh, they're fine. They're I mean, fine. they, they've had they're some fine. wins recently. Yeah. Like, they, they had, it felt like all the, the majority of the luck break their way and they yeah. still, probably should, still should have lost that game so I don't know I'm, I'm alone in this feeling I walk away from this feeling just as good about the Eagles as I had before Here's and what, it's yeah sorry I didn't mean to no I was you. just saying that's because that's because I, I'm still very I'm slower than I want to be in accepting how good Jalen Hurts is like my eyes keep telling me the truth and week after week my eyes tell me the truth and I still go into these games like but it's Jalen Hurts and then he just cooks and I just like, 
I got to accept it. This dude's an MVP caliber quarterback. That's who he is. Right now, that's who he is, and we all need to lean in and appreciate it. I think he's playing great football. Um, so when I said earlier that you know there were some stretches where I was like, Ooh, about the Eagles, I, I'm specifically referring to the first half um, when you saw something that you've seen with this team a lot, especially lately, which is the inability to stop the run. And I that that is my one yeah. concern. I've, I've talked about this before. Um you know, it wasn't perfect even before Jordan Davis got hurt. But right. really, over the last two weeks, I just went to Next Gen Stats. They have the you know worst success rate in football um, running between the tackles, which is something you really saw on display yesterday. It felt like you know you're not you're not wanting to look at yards per carry because you're wanting to look at yeah. success rate. Because I guess I should explain to listeners because so, you know you want a success rate is basically like okay on first down did you pick up four yards on second down like it's. Uh, you know, a, a one yard run on third and one is a successful run, for example. So they really struggle. I, I would say not just the, it's it's all over on run defense, but it was pretty glaring. I thought on the interior um, how much push Washington got, and there's that's concerning because you know they also struggle to do, stop the run in the open field. And, you know, when you look ahead to their schedule, not just like they got the Titans, but when you look ahead to the potential playoff matches in the NFC, you're looking at Dallas, you're looking at San Francisco, you're looking at, I don't know, Seattle, whatever. Like, you're, you're looking at teams that can run the football well. And Jalen Hurts only had the ball for like six minutes in the first half, Dominique. And so I guess that is my, like, I'm watching that. I'm thinking, when is this going to get fixed? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I guess... Uh... There are no perfect teams, right. uh, and and if their weakness is going to be run this run defense, which isn't like atrocious, like the EPA per play success rate in recent weeks, like those things are. I guess EPA per play over the season isn't that bad, which makes me feel a little better. And if they're if they're giving up big over the top passes, I'd be more concerned. Yeah. So I, I think if that you're gonna choose a no weakness, team's going to be perfect. Yeah. Run defense this is, is the, the one of the yeah, four. It's the one. Yeah. Especially because they're not, they're not like getting gashed. It's like they're giving up five to seven yards occasionally. And that, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's tough. But like, who's going to be able to sustain a, a, a drive based the on The Cowboys. That? <laughs> I, I, I know. I'm just saying, like, I, we're, yeah. I'm picking nits here because I still think the Eagles right. are the best team in the NFC. I want to be clear. But it's, it, right. for me, it's now as we look ahead to the playoffs and we are at that point in the year, it becomes like a matchup thing where I start to worry right. about, you know, the formula in this game, a lot of it is not going to happen again in terms of the turnovers. But, you know, Washington possessing the football for as long as they did and just kind of that death by a thousand cuts, that is something I could see happening. And, and I have a question for you defensively. Um, you know, Jonathan Gannon, who's their Eagles defensive coordinator, has been, I think, the subject of ire from Eagles fans for playing too soft. And they really waited mm -hmm. till the second half to start really heating up Heineke with blitzes. And they had a lot of success doing so. Do you feel like, I don't know, this defense should be playing more aggressively? Should they be blitzing more? Should they be playing more man coverage? Um, or do you feel like that the game plan was fine? Yeah, I mean, I think having – if any team I can trust to have, like, a completely coherent game plan through offense, defense, and special teams, the Eagles are amongst those teams that feel like an organization that's going to be connected. So 
I'm not sure that aggressive, being aggressive is what you want to do. So I remember beginning of the year, I projected as one of the teams that might come out of nowhere and have a good season was the Giants. In part because I said they didn't have a ton of talent on defense, but that's fine. Wink Martindale, when you don't have a bunch of talent, you want to do like high, um, like volatile type plays, a lot of aggressive blitzing. And when you do have talent, you don't need to do that. And so since they have so much talent offensively and defensively, uh, I would err on the side of, like, caution unless you have to. And that's a good thing about having a veteran unit on the defensive side with a lot of talent. They do have the flexibility to lean on different parts of their team. They can blitz a bunch with their corners. If Maddox gets healthy, that will be better. But with their starting corners and with how uh, Gardner Johnson's playing, uh, yeah, they're capable of doing that. But – why <laughs> if you don't have to i guess yeah. is the is is how i feel about it and in last night's game they still like the reason why they lost wasn't at least to me wasn't because they were running the ball on them the reason why they lost was because they had these ridiculous well, turnover plays there were also i want to it's not just the run i i i don't know why i'm like <laughs> not really like trying to pick apart the Eagles here. I, I, I'm really trying to think ahead to the playoffs and thinking about like, okay, what right. does this team need to get fixed? Um, I need to go back and watch all of the third downs, but it did feel like, so, you know, because the commanders are running the ball well, they set up some pretty manageable third downs, but it felt like there were so mm-hmm. many where, whether it was McLaurin or Samuel receiver was running wide open underneath. And right. um, I do think there's a little bit vulnerable to, because of their style of play two crossing routes, underneath and you know it's something to monitor um i still think you know fundamentally sound i I thought by the way when they did start blitzing more in the second half it was a good adjustment um especially against taylor heineke in particular you're right it really depends on who they're playing but you know i i I guess to put a bow on the eagle side of things i don't come out of this with like a radically different opinion i just you know don't view them as dominant but i don't think any team is dominant right now it's just how the nfl is right now i do want to acknowledge the commanders a little bit because we're just kind of brushing over them um i assume they're gonna stick with heineke at quarterback i he's fine i i don't want to do this (laughs) yeah (laughs) we don't have to do it he had a good win it was nice he's fine they're they're um they're decent. That's I don't know what else to say about it. Like Car- he's better than Carson Wentz, or he's given them uh, a better way to win than Carson Wentz. But arguing that he had a good game on Monday night, but if you look at that game and you look at the previous couple wins that they had, yeah. like Taylor Heineke wasn't out there cooking. No. His biggest plays was was throwing praise. It, right. He had one really nice throw up the sideline. I forget if it was to, I think it was to Samuel, but for the most part, yeah, he, this is what we see from him generally is like, he's going to give the ball away a couple of times or try to, um, he can make plays with his legs, maybe some reticence to play man versus him in that regard. I thought they just had a good game plan, honestly, like, right. you know, in terms of the, they lean very hard into the run, but also I think, um, the way to attack the Eagles is get the ball quickly underneath, try to attack the linebackers in coverage. Um, You know, I think as far as Washington goes going forward, um, I don't know. I, you just want to keep seeing what do we have in our young players? Can Jamin Davis and, you know, obviously I have on Terry McLaurin, but like, can we identify more building blocks on defense 
Um, they're gonna have to make some decisions on the defensive line. I guess they get Chase Young back at some point, but I don't think I just don't view them as a playoff team. Yeah. I mean, I was just looking at the the Eagles uh run defense numbers when they have uh when there is not a blocking disadvantage. So I guess more like a loaded box. They aren't good there either as far as success rate is concerned. They were stacking <laughs> so, the box against Washington yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah which yeah. made sense. It's like the only thing, yeah. you know. They're not good, man. But again, yeah. if you have to choose between, you know, passing offense, rushing offense, pass defense, run defense, run defense is the thing you would choose. Yeah. It is funny though, like that that also seems to be the Cowboys fatal flaw right now. Yeah. I would say it's different though. The Cowboys I think are more vulnerable to off tackle runs, whereas I think the Eagles you could just run it up the gut. Um I yeah. do think they'll get Jordan Davis back fairly That'll soon. That'll change a little bit. It 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 helps. But it's not. I mean, the just, numbers suggest that yeah. it's a big difference. But when I look yeah. at how much, how much, um, how bad they are against the run, in many situations, I feel like one. That's not a one-player fix. But no. yeah, we'll see. I mean, they do. Um, I'm, it's good that you looked up the stack boxes because I think it would be tempting to just attribute it to the fact that they do play with so many light boxes. But it's yeah. not just that, as you pointed no, out. They, they are among the worst in the league. With a loaded box and with a light box. You think, do you think the Titans will give them trouble? Don't, I thought the Eagles had the Colts next. They'll be fine. Yeah, okay. Jeff Saturday is going to give them all they want. Let's go, Jeff. If Jeff beats Coach the, the Eagles. Year. If Jeff beats the ah. Eagles. And we're all getting hired. <laughs> <laughs> um, one more quick note. Uh, Dallas Goddard was injured in this game, I think he's going to miss a few weeks, possibly. So that's not insignificant. He's pretty, you know, obviously very important to that offense and also drives the nail in my fantasy season forever. So <laughs> in case anyone was wondering, it's over. Most importantly. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break, come back, and talk about some other teams. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people, we are brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. See, it's not just about the daily promos, odds boosts, or the hundreds of ways to wager. It's about the immortal words of Caesar himself. You bet, you get with Caesar's rewards. Every bet you place on the app, no matter the outcome, earns towards exclusive perks at Caesar's rewards destinations everywhere. Hotel stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. Download the Caesars Sportsbook app, become a Caesars Rewards member today, and get more with every wager. Must be 21 years or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Show. M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. All right, winners and wuss. We've got some good ones. I'll go first. My winner is Kirk Cousins. Not because I think Kirk Cousins is playing great football right now, but because Kirk Cousins figured out <laughs> that he can build the entire plane out of effort Justin down there somewhere. So um, he's not playing. Well, actually, oh he, was, he did not play very well, in the, I thought, in the Bills game, actually, Cousins yeah. for a lot of it. But um the prior week, I think maybe we talked about in this podcast when the um, Vikings beat the aforementioned commies. Commies, Manders. Anyways, uh, yeah, Cousins like, like turned up the aggression big time. His average death at target was up. He was throwing 50-50 balls. And you remember he got picked on one. And I remember watching that and thinking to myself, please don't stop throwing these. Just I understand <laughs> that didn't work out, but I don't retreat into your conservative shell. So I was delighted to see in this Bills game that he was throwing to Justin Jefferson with no regard for the human life around him. Justin, <laughs> NGS put this out. Justin Jefferson had 16 targets. He was only open, like three yards of separation, yeah. on one of those 16 targets. And it did not matter because Kirk Cousins now completely trusts him. Uh, and that is, if there is a case for the Minnesota Vikings being, you know, a team that can not only make it to the playoffs, obviously they will, but win playoff games, it's that. It's Justin Jefferson taking over, and that's a realistic case. Justin Jefferson's greatness overshadowed Dalvin Cook's greatness also. <laughs> Dalvin Cook was awesome in this game, too. He yeah. ripped off a monster run. Uh, I feel like, was it the, was it overtime when he had a bunch of big runs in a, in a row? Like, it's, it's the, the case for... Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the case for this team is the talent around Kirk Cousins, including the offensive line, which has been really good for... Um, large parts of this season. Uh, I, I think they had did Darius get injured? I think he did. I was just I about so, yeah. to check that before we started because Which, that's that's yeah. actually that's pretty a big, big deal that's a big concern. Yeah. Yeah. But aside from that, that's the that's their recipe. It's sometimes Kurt, you're going to, have to put it up there, and they're going to need Dalvin Cook to break off some big plays every now and then. That's really encouraging for this team in an NFC that is wide open, as we've been saying every week. The defensive side of the ball has much more holes, but they have pass rushers you can count on, and they have an ageless cornerback that just showed up and had a, a two-interception game, a two-red zone interception game, and Patrick Peterson. If he can replicate that, then they're going to be uh, good going forward. So, yeah, they deserve some celebration. We've all been disrespecting them. How are how are Vikings fans? Since we were talking about the fans, are they're Vikings fans walking right around? now? Oh, because I said you? on first uh, take that if they played the Bills again, the Bills would win. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, that's fair. <laughs> um, you know, Bill Barnwell had this tweet. Sorry if I've already mentioned here where he was talking about the Packers. He was like, what are they good at? Right. Like, or what are they great yeah. at? And I think the the in a in a very even NFC NFL, the fact that the Vikings have things that they're actually great at. Justin Jefferson, I would say, you know, Zedaria Smith, the pass rush can can yeah. be great. Um Patrick Peterson has had a nice bounce back season, which has been cool, but yeah. for the most part, you know, it's not a great secondary. Uh, but um, 
this is why I keep just the Justin Kirk connection will win them football games. Let me ask you this, actually, coming off a conversation about the Eagles, because the Eagles stomped them earlier in the season. Yeah. Um, I think if the Vikings played again, they would have a pretty different game plan. But the other thing I remember from that stomping, and you remember this, is the Eagles like surprised everyone by playing a ton of man coverage. Uh, and Darius Slay did a great job of covering Jefferson. But I wonder if they played again, if Kirk would be like, F it, F it, I don't care. Like if he would target him regardless, and maybe that would be a, you know, something that could push them over the edge. Darius Slay is so good. And he also seems so kind. Like I was watching him play yesterday and he like caught TJ McLaurin in the air after he jumped for a ball and like placed him gently on the ground. I was like, (laughs) I like Darius Slay. He's an outstanding player. And he just appears to be a sweetheart, but they are still much better than the Vikings. Yeah, he also Darius Slay is like way better than the Bills backups, who actually did a decent job of coverage in this game, but it didn't matter. Um and the whole Bills secondary was hurt. I also think though that the, the Vikings could run it on Philadelphia. To yeah, earlier they, discussion. They what did they they get they got down early the last time they played or something. I don't know because I don't remember Dalvin Cook having the type of impact in that game that I think he's no. capable of having. Yeah, the it was a bunch of things that went wrong yeah. for them, but and on the other side of the ball, Jalen Hurts, they were they just simply didn't have yeah. an answer for the Eagles. Which which is I think with the thing with the Vikings is that I still think the defense is pretty profoundly average. Um yeah. but I mean, I guess there's an argument also for Kevin O'Connell, like, is his first big game that yeah. Monday night. He could be maturing. That whole staff could be uh, getting better and, and developing. So, I mean, it, it, they'll be a different team by then. I don't feel like the Eagles are getting worse. So no. Even if the, even if the Vikings are getting better, they still aren't uh, my fave. It's that interesting that situation. you mentioned about O'Connell because I've been paying attention to what he's – his pressers after the, obviously they've been winning a lot, but even so he's been pretty open about um, being surprised by like, I, I remember when they played the dolphins, um, you know, with Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater mm-hmm. afterwards, he talked about how he didn't expect the dolphins, I believe to play as much base defense as they did. And he's been, I, I, I've noticed this is kind of a trend with him where after games, he'll talk a little bit about some of the adjustments that they had to make on the fly. And so to your point, I do think it's entirely possible that at the end of the season, not only is this Vikings team's better, but he's better at being right. a head coach or he's like learned things along the way. Um, so That's don't be a, mad at me, Vikings fans. I said something nice. <laughs> That's the thing about like football that we don't cover nearly as much because it's boring. But of all of our major sports, like game plan and strategy matters in football so much more than anything else. And we always boil it down to like who played well, who played poorly. We don't always know why or how and i know in in games that i played in where there was a surprise outcome where like we my team surprisingly won or we surprisingly lost the difference is always some scheme thing that someone had uh, a wrinkle that we weren't expecting or we had a wrinkle that they weren't expecting and and it's too late to adjust to it so uh coaching gets it's not fun to talk about we can't sit here and break down the the disguises of different teams and the strategy and the how they're building plays off of other plays, but it matters and Kevin O'Connell's gonna be better at that, hopefully, yeah. presumably by the end of the season. And they're they've added P I mean, you're already yeah. seeing the impact of T J Hawkinson, not just on the passing mm-hmm. game, but I actually it wasn't even I, I noticed in this game that they had multiple tight ends in the field 
for some of their explosive runs, but it wasn't TJ Hawkinson blocking. It was tight ends whose names escape me now. Uh, <laughs> but it does feel like this is an offense that is somewhat dynamic because, you know, that's that's not a Rams thing at all. Obviously, this they came out with basically the Rams offense, you know, almost entirely 11 personnel. So you are seeing some adjustments as the year goes along. And I think you'll see them on defense as well. So I think there's a case for the Vikings being better in December than they were. And which is crazy because they're eight and one. So they're in the capper seat. I mean, we saw it with the Eagles get better towards the end of the year yeah. with their rookie coach last year, so it's reasonable to expect. Yeah, remember when like they the didn't Vikings. run that much at the beginning of the year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All okay. of a sudden, like, hey, let's run it. Who's your wolf? My wolf is the Raiders. Uh, it's an it's a easy way for me to sneak in a winner in my guy Jeff Saturday. I'm so happy for him. I got drunk after that game. Like, I won the Super Bowl. It was outstanding. I talked to him the next morning. Just happy for that guy. But anyway, the wolf of all of this is, one, losing to Jeff is an uh, embarrassing thing. I think, uh, what's his name? Davis, the owner of the team, came out today and gave, like, a vote of confidence yeah. to McDaniels. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, we all know that ain't good. <laughs> when when the owners out here giving you votes of confidence, that is a real bad sign. The idea that he need to, and they just they lost in the most fundamental football ways, which again is so perfect for Jeff. Because as I've known Jeff for a long time and always worked with Jeff, and all he talks about is running the ball and stopping the run. He is just <laughs> a old school football man, and in this game, they ran the. Sh- out of the ball and the Raiders could not stop the run or effectively run and it was quite nice for me at least for the final play the deciding play of the game to be Gilmore breaking up a pass because cornerbacks are going to save you every time (laughs) they're going to run so much against I don't know if it's going to work but he's going to just hit that over and over and and in and I think it was I forgot who too. I think maybe Ben Solak was like, you know, like the like yeah. happy for Saturday, but like going back to Matt Ryan is like gonna be why they win games, which yeah. I, you know, as a longtime Matt Ryan defender, I was um thrilled to see my boy back in the saddle doing what he can do, which is being a point guard. Um getting that ball out quick. I actually think that's a pretty good formula against the Eagles too. We'll talk about that later more in depth. But the but the Raiders, what do you think's worse? A vote of confidence or a players only meeting? Uh, vote of confidence vote of confidence confidence. yeah from the owner yeah he's a decision maker (laughs) vote of confidence is is definitely a kiss of death players only meeting always comes before the vote of confidence closed door meeting which they've had a few of those (laughs) is bad the beginning of the year weren't they having like closed door meetings after like week three yeah Uh, the closed door meeting raises the question of like how many meetings are with open doors I mean, so like once you get in this business, I think you might think about the terminology a little differently and like how the information got to someone. So reporting that you had a closed door meeting, who would report that and why would they report it that way? You know, like who who would leak that and why would they leak that? And the reason why that comes to mind is like that's only the owner. The only reason why it's out is like the owner and I, I'm, I don't know anything. I'm just saying speculation wise, you think like, uh, I don't know, a film guy is walking around like, hey, this is a closed door meeting around here. No, no one calls them closed door meetings unless it's like somebody who's in charge. And they, that just suggests to me that there is a lack of confidence and then the public vote of confidence. Ooh, Derek Carr himself good. was like, dudes aren't trying, which that yeah. was a lot. And actually, I think truly 
makes me wonder if Derek Carr is going to be there next year. Um, oh, no chance. No, yeah. No chance. He'll be I mean, there. they got a high draft pick. He's yeah. out of there. His contract makes it pretty easy to move on from. I think it's like $6 million in dead cap money. He gone. Is he going to be the next Manders quarterback? I could see that. Probably. That he feels, could be the next. Like a, um, Colts. Colts. Colts, though, they got to draft a guy. They can't keep. Yeah, I mean, the Colts, yeah, they can't. Uh, but the thing that's frustrating about the Raiders generally is that there's, like, so many things wrong with them that yeah. whenever I get asked to talk about them, I'm just making this very solipsistic, I'm like, what's the question is always like, what's wrong with the Raiders? And I'm like, how long do you have? <laughs> this is the worst defense in the NFL by a lot of metrics. That was somewhat predictable with the pass defense, but we thought yeah. that the pass rush would be good enough to compensate for it. Um, they're still, you know, wiping the slate clean of all those bad draft picks in recent years, obviously. Uh, having just They just released Jonathan Abram. Um, you know, they've been so many of those early round picks are gone. Uh, the offensive line still stinks. The big three of the skill players barely played together this year. So I think that has to be considered. But even when they did play together, it didn't look that great. Uh, Derek Carr has regressed. I, I mean, you know, Derek Carr is a quarterback who, in a good situation, is yeah. going to be like a you know top ten to fifteen. He is the yeah. ten to fifteen guy. In a bad situation, things compound. Josh McDaniels. I feel like I don't. The offensive system has not translated from New England at all. They're blowing leads. There's penalties. Those are things that you tend to put at the foot of the head coach. And they were not supposed to be rebuilding. And I think that's the biggest frustration of all of this is like, it's not like the bear or, yeah. you know, like it's not a team where you can say, well, we're losing games. Like they weren't supposed to be bad. This was not supposed to go, be. They were in the playoffs. You don't, go all in, you don't go all in and get Devonte Adams. If you think that you're, you're good. Like this was a team that was going to like thought they would make a run this year. It was embarrassing. I was just looking at the stats from the game and something jumps out to me. Man, I said last week, I think that I don't think Jeff's has much to do with game planning or like what we think of as coaching. I was clearly wrong as I'm looking at these stats now because the Raiders had a 62.5 pass rush win rate and a 6.7 pressure rate. So that is Jeff Saturday. No. Like, you know what? Jeff- we are not putting any pressure on our offensive line. Get it out quickly. How could you win that yeah. much and not get any pressure? Because That's you're like, it. hey, throw. we're going to run the ball, oh. and you're going to throw it fast. We don't want our linemen out there on islands. Matt Ryan's t- time to throw was ridiculous in this one. Oh, but but yeah, that's that should be the formula. It, it, I am so <laughs> glad it's it wasn't Jeff being like, well, I, you know, I'm back in the offensive line. We're going to exert our will, and you know, we're he he sees it for what it is, and he game plan. Yeah. I mean, him and Parks Frazier's. That's that a. I mean, I, I told you right that some. Plan. I told you last week, and you laughed at me that Jim uh, say quality <laughs> brilliant. <decision> maker. <laughs> Who you crapping? He said on Twitter. Who you crapping? I've never heard that combination of words in my life. Oh, the fact that he like I could understand getting carried away while you're emotionally yelling. He texted. He typed that out and looked at it. It was like, oh yeah, crapping, crapping is what I'm going. (laughs) Who you crapping? Who you crapping? Send. I love it. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. 
Right now, you can get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. My woof is Josh Allen, and I have mixed feelings about this because, like, he was better than Kirk Cousins in this yeah, game. That, I mean, this is the crazy thing about this game is, like, Josh Allen, with his hurt, sprained UCL or, you know, hurt UCL, yeah. he balled out for most of this game. Yep. He was doing everything Josh Allen does. He was making crazy throws. He was running around. Um, and then you just, the red zone decision making yet again reared its ugly head. And that's why he's my woof because I just, I find it so perplexing, Dominique, because for basically, he just like didn't do that for like a year. <laughs> so, <laughs> just one. Yeah. Just one year. So, <sighs> yeah. So, like, you know, Josh Allen's trajectory of improvement has been interesting because it wasn't like all at once. There were like little things he was building and building and he got more accurate. Right. And then, the final piece was he just he you saw him almost like if there was like um a bar chart of YOLO moments for Josh Allen, it starts here and it's like slowly, 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 slowly going down. And then it kind of dropped. And then for like, you know, like many games, it was just gone. Yeah. It was just gone. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, boop, boop, yeah. boop, boop, boop. like, and I don't understand. I mean. They suck in the red zone. They can't run the football. Maybe he just feels like he has to do too much. Maybe he has too much faith in his own incredible throwing, alien throwing ability. But it is at a point now where it's costing them games. He is who he is, guys. Like this is the it this was is the me interesting. All along. <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, he just ripped. So this is an interesting part of the conversation around Josh Allen that I've been having today. Uh, is the argument that I've been hearing from like Tanning Tannenbaum and Mike Greenberg and people like that is you just got to coach that out of them. You just got to coach it out of them. It's like Josh Allen made the greatest leap in a single player's talent in the history of NFL football. And you're expecting him to do it again. Like, let's also take into consideration that this is as good as he's going to get. And that's fine. It's freaking it's very great. good. It's yeah. freaking great. And also, I, I feel that this, you don't get like the cloud silver lining thing, like two sides of a coin. Like all those things are true for everyone except for peak Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Like you're not going to get the good Josh Allen without living with some of the bad. And every player has weaknesses. Every team has weaknesses. Josh Allen's weakness is sometimes his Superman plays are going to cost you. Hmm. It's like any if you ask Superman to come save you from invading aliens, some buildings are going to get crushed. <laughs> There will like it's going to happen. He's going to step on a couple like pedestrians who don't deserve it. But you know what? At the end of the day, <laughs> Superman going to get these damn aliens off our planet. So, like, get off of Superman's back. <laughs> what? Could you argue that he does that the, the thing that Ken Dorsey could do is find ways where he doesn't feel as much pressure to be Superman? I mean, I. 
don't, I don't know how I, you do that yeah. when the offense is built around him being Superman. <laughs> well, that's the problem. And I think that's what's my yeah. my fundamental issue with the Bills right now. It's I mean, people criticize them for their unwillingness to run the football, but they can't. Yeah. The that's offensive good. line, they, they were, you know, they run into like more light boxes than probably any team in the NFL for very obvious reasons. It does not matter. And it, mm-hmm. they get no push. No push half the time. And so all you, I feel like all you'd be doing is just setting up more third and longs for Josh Allen to go crazy and feel pressure to be Superman again. I, That's I, the thing. They traded for Hines, which is great, and maybe they can um, be more creative in terms of like horizontal runs with him and like trying to use that and sort of get a better screen game. But the issue right now is with the inside of this offensive line, and I just there's no fix for that. Yeah, there's no fix for it, and I don't think we should be trying to fix it because I don't know how to fix that. Yeah, I think that you take the good with the bad. It's just I don't know how else to explain it is there's going to be some luck and randomness in all of these games, and every team is going to have a weakness. There's a way for every team to lose. The way that you're going to lose, and again, every team has this. It's just different for different teams. Bills fans. Though, if your team does not make it to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, that means somewhere along the way, Josh Allen threw some really dumb interceptions or he tried to run somebody over when he should have slid and he's going to fumble or he tried to or he, or he tried to tackle somebody and, and try to punch the ball out with your injured elbow when you shouldn't have. Like, that's that's what it's going to be, Bills fans. That's what it's going to be. So do not get mad at Superman if he causes a little bit of damage to the buildings. That's all. I would give anything to be, like, strap a GoPro onto Harrison Smith the moment when Josh Allen broke the pocket and he was rumbling. He only rumbles. He doesn't run. He doesn't scoot. He rumbles. That's the only verb I will use to describe his rushing style. And you could see Harrison, who's like, what, like 35 at least, right? Like, (laughs) 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 squaring up, squaring up. And I was like, no, 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 no. And he just, you know, trucks him. And it's just like, yeah, Yeah. it's who this dude Uh, is. Um, I I, I would just want the bills are so, this is I don't think they're fine because I think there are issues with this team and there are players that are obviously not going to get Micah Hyde back. But mm-hmm. it is very important to remember that like half of the defense has been injured in these losses. And again, you play with the hand you're dealt, but they right now are, have been dealt a pretty difficult hand on that side of the football too. All right, what's your final winner? Um, Good question. Let's see what I text. Oh, the Bucks <laughs> is who I made the winner. Uh, we're going way back. It feels like so long ago uh, to the early morning uh, Germany game when they went across the pond and got a dub. Uh, they stopped the run. They played defense. That's what this game was about to me. They played defense. Their offense played a little bit better. Julio Jones flashed back for a hot second. Um, Leonard Fournette is not a quarterback. As we learned from his throw, and all, Tom Brady also is not an athlete, which we are. I could have told y'all that. Like we've seen Tom Brady try to catch footballs before; it's never worked out well. I'm not sure. Why what, did they keep uh, doing it? Yeah, what no, Byron I know why they did it because in the, the first time they yeah, did it, he was right. open. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. That's a bad idea. <laughs> That's a bad idea. But yeah, I mean, I think we've been on them all year long because they've been disappointing mm-hmm. and like wildly. Um, inconsistent. I this might be a classic Foxworth fake winner because I'm not. No, I I, I think they're you, in the wait, division. You don't 
Uh, uh, uh. I think if we look at what they've been for most of the year, what we saw uh, in this recent game feels more like an aberration than the rest mm. of what we've seen. Mm. The talent is there. Maybe they're turning some sort of corner. And they are so lucky they're in a crappy, crappy right. division. Yeah, that's because, that like, yeah. Yeah, um, the, the, the Packers are, their season's over in large part because the Vikings have only lost once. The, the yeah. um, Bucks are in the lead in their crappy well, division. I mean, the thing about the Bucks is like, it's, it's not, it's, there's been injuries, but it's not a personnel problem. They have talent on both sides of the football. Whereas I think with Green Bay, especially offensively, there was, who's going to do this, right? And I don't know, maybe it's Christian yeah. Watson, but this is, always been a good defense i I do think losing shaq barrett is huge wasn't an issue in this game Mm -hmm. but you know they're very talented on that side of the ball and they even haven't been i I know that they've given up there's been some bad running games or whatever but they've they the defense was not really the issue for most of the year it was the offense and i think if you're a bucks fan you walk away from this game feeling better about a number of things um one i think you saw the impact of going to Rashad White in the run game. Now, I think Seattle's mm-hmm. run defense is pretty sus, but that's a move yeah. they should have made, you know, before. Turned up play action, which we've been begging yeah. for with Tom Brady. Of course, he was deadly off of it. And in doing so, he looked the most comfortable he's been this entire season. Now, some of that is the Seahawks pass rush basically yeah. being non-existent. But um, before this game, anything outside of quick game, meaning when Tom Brady held onto the ball for over two and a half seconds, he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. QBR worse than Russell Wilson, worse than Carson Wentz, worse than Andy oh. Dalton, my guy. Oh. In this game, when he held onto the ball for more than two and a half seconds, he completed 80% of his passes and had a QBR of like 98. Um, and I think that's that was the single biggest thing holding back this offense is basically anytime Tom Brady had to hold the football, he looked deeply uncomfortable. And I think the nature of their wide receiving group is such that um, they do need a little bit of time for routes to develop. And you saw that he had it in this game. And I do think that, look, they're going to face better pass rushes, but I do think that that can continue. They have the capability to be that good. Yeah. Uh, they're protecting their offensive line with the play action, buying them a little bit time. They're buying their receivers a little bit more time to get down the field. I think the while we accept that uh, effective running game is not going to impact the play action, it will impact the down and distance on certain situations, which will impact the the amount of plays that you can call, which I think does, yeah, which I think does help. Not even if you, it's not even that you call a bunch of different plays, but it forces the defense to be aware of a bunch of different stuff. If you got to cover nine and deeper, it's a different defense, it's a different mindset. If you're down to third and four, and that means you got to cover everything from five to 12, it requires it stretches your defense a little bit more thin, and it's gonna err on the side of a veteran quarterback like Tom Brady as long as you can keep him upright. And again, if you are in third and four, you can still threaten that there's going to be a run. So the yeah. play action is still in play. So yeah, it changes things. That's probably like the best explanation of how having a good run game actually can help play action that's that's why you have me on once a week because <laughs> i'll say one thing it's funny set up the run or gotta run the ball to set up play action jeff saturday i just like saying jeff saturday i know you're so happy for him 
I am. I mean, I don't know. It's so few times in life when something incredibly outrageously cool happens to somebody you genuinely care about. Like, when's the last time that somebody you really care about something like won the damn lottery? That's what this feels like to me. Just yeah. my man won the fucking it, lottery. No, it feels like what we talked about on Debatable. You guys can check out that podcast wherever you get your pods. Um, about how it felt like a sports movie. Like Jeff Saturday felt like the guy who was a high school football star who got, you know, who's maybe look working in the town and <laughs> gets called in to coach the team. And Josh McDaniels is the evil coach from the rich school and yeah. nobody believes in him. Uh, and yeah. Jeff, Jeff and Jeff and Josh were, um, high school rivals. Yes. And he went to the rich fancy school and, and Jeff had to quit. Uh, playing midway through to take care of his family, family and get a job. Yeah. And, and he never got to live out his dreams, but that's all right. Something went wrong and he got to head coach the team. And now he's. And winning. in returning to his high school, he reunited with his old high school flame, who's now the nurse of that high school. And they rekindled it, even though. Oh, I love it. Even though she was dating Josh McDaniels, maybe in the movie. <laughs> I like, I like that this is definitely a 90s, uh, sports movie. Because what was the title the, I came the, up with? I forgot. Um, I don't know. Saturday Night Lights. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> that was great. Let's make that. Anyways, go Jeff. We're happy for you. Um, all right, Dominique. I'll see you. So wait, let me actually, any chance the Colts pull this off against Philly to kind of put a bow on how we started this? I was the only one in like the ESPN thing that picked the Colts to win. And I was completely open about it being my bias that <laughs> that was like, I don't care. I refuse to be rooting against my guy. But going against the Eagles is real hard. Cover? Cover. Uh, yeah, cover. he's going to cover. He'll cover for sure. Thank you for that. Thank you for that for that exit ramp. My guy's going to cover for sure. All right. We'll see what happens. See you next week. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.